DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. BYU and St. Mary's. Big game in the West Coast Conference. The Cougars, according to Ken Pomeroy, our local slash national college basketball guru, BYU 30th in the country in KenPom.com's ranking. St. Mary's 29th. This showdown, oh, a, big game, yeah. a couple of NCAA tournament teams. That 29 and 30 is solidly inside the tournament right field. Right now, but yeah. Yeah, top 40. Right, there's plenty of basketball to go, and you do what the Aggies did, you can you can drop yourself several notches pretty quickly. Yeah. The Aggies dropping three in a row. They have plummeted to 78th now. Yikes. Time to bring in Roxy Bernstein. He's going to call the game. And he joins us now on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Roxy, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good. So, a couple of NCAA caliber teams. When you hear BYU and St. Mary's, what's the first thing you think? I think of intense. Uh, I think of exciting basketball, and, and over the years since BYU's joined the West Coast Conference, they've had some thrilling games that I hope we're set up for another one tomorrow night. You know, you look at BYU, and you can basically explain every one of their losses because with the child situation, and even when he came back to Utah, he cramped up and uh, had to leave and couldn't come back. So you can explain that. But with St. Mary's, there's some stuff I can't explain with these guys, so I'm not sure where they're at. What do you think? It's interesting because I did their game last week, and they weren't great, but they won over in San Francisco against USF. And then they travel out to Stockton on Saturday night and play UOP, and they have the four-overtime game. And, I mean, first off, they had guys like me finishing the game. They were on the floor because they had nobody left with guys fouling out. And Jordan Ford just seemed like he was fatigued beyond tired. And he really labored through the end of the game. But give Pacific credit. And Damon Stoudemire got his team to play well and, and get the win, which I think surprised a lot of people. But one thing I will say about St. Mary's is they've scheduled more aggressively this year. When you look at their non-conference, and over the years, that's been a knock on Randy Bennett, right? And St. Mary's, well, they get left out of the tournament because they didn't schedule strongly in the non-conference. Well, this year, that changed for them. They, they beat Wisconsin on a neutral floor. They played Utah State already in one. They went to Phoenix and beat Arizona State. Uh, they lost to Dayton. So they have scheduled a lot more aggressively this year, maybe coming off winning the West Coast Conference Tournament last year. But it's been you know, a little bit of an uneven run for St. Mary's so far. And I think uh, some injuries have played into it with Matthias Toss being lost for the year with the torn ACL, but no, but make no mistake, this is a terrific basketball team, and you guys know how hard it is to win over in Moraga. So when you uh, look at Pacific, can you write that loss off at all? I mean, maybe, I get your point about the end of overtime, but in regulation, should they even been in this? I mean, Pacific's got a good record, but I look at their schedule. They don't have many marquee games. I mean, if you had to grade that as a loss, how bad a loss is that? How much are they going to be held accountable for that by the selection committee? Oh, they're going to be it's, – it's a bad loss. Make, make no mistake about it. Unless Pacific does something and UOP makes a run in the WCC, which I don't think anybody expects. But they're a team that's come up with some wins and they have some confidence. And Khalil Tripp had a tremendous game. 
But it's, it's a game where you can't allow that to happen if you're St. Mary's. You need to put it away. And I, I did think there was a bad call that went against them that would have won the game for them at the end of, I believe it was the third overtime, where there should have been a goal 10 that wasn't called that would have essentially ended the game. Uh, but you can't rest on that. You had opportunities to put the game away earlier. They didn't. They let Pacific hang around. UOP found a way to win, but it's something that I think will haunt St. Mary's because, you know, you look at the other top teams at the conference. Gonzaga is not going to lose that game, and I'd have a hard time believing BYU would lose the game. So that's why I think you can't slip up in games like that because it will come back to haunt you later in the year. And you speak of these games that BYU wouldn't slip up on, and that has been the knock against them. It's one thing to lose the St. Mary's and Gonzaga, particularly when you're playing up there in Northern California and obviously in Washington. Uh, It's not to the point of uh, guaranteed, but it's certainly not surprising if you lose there. I've been to both those places. They are tough to play. Uh, But the problem for BYU is they've laid some eggs against some teams that they should have beaten in the last few years and they haven't made the tournament, and you can look back to those games as one of the reasons. Now, you say they're not going to do it. When you say they're not going to do it, I don't think you're speaking historically. I think you're speaking specifically this year. What gives you confidence to be able to say those are the types of games that BYU won't lose this year? Well, nothing against Dave Rose teams, because I think Dave's an excellent coach, and he certainly played an entertaining style of basketball, right? I don't know if anybody who had a more entertaining uh, offensive game than BYU had under Dave Rose, and he had a lot of success. But it's different. Mark Pope's really got this team grinding away and playing defense. And your offense may come and go, but defense will not. And if you guys are locked in on that end of the floor, then the team is going to respond. And I think that's the difference that we've seen with this BYU team is the defensive approach just seems different. And this team seems a lot more focused and paying attention to that end of the floor where in the past it was more, okay, well, darn, we gave up a bucket. Well, I can get a bucket back. Well, this group, Mark Pope, has them playing a different style of basketball. I mean, look at the other night, for example, the game against LMU. You hold a team to under 40 points in a game. And I think that's the difference with this team as opposed to teams in the past. Look, this team can score. When you look around and the weapons they have with Haas and Childs and Barcelo and, and the way these guys can, can shoot the ball, Celius coming off the bench. This is a different approach, though, I think, for BYU in terms of how they attack you. And defense will always show up, and I think that's the difference with this team. So defending is going to be hard because I have watched a few St. Mary's games this year, uh, starting with that Wisconsin game you referenced, and they played Utah State, and there have been a couple others they've been able to catch bits and pieces of. And Jordan Ford is leading them in scoring. And sometimes the guy who leads them in scoring – they get shots, you take a lot of shots, you're good, but you're not that. He seems like he is really savvy, using screens, reusing them, hitting threes off the dribble. I mean, just the look on his face, he seems like an intense, competitive dude. They've had some NBA guys. Uh, have they got another one in him? They might. Uh, there's questions about his physical build. Is mm-hmm. he strong enough? Uh, because, let's face it, he's a 6'2" combo guard. He's not necessarily a true point, but he can play the point. He and Tommy Cousy kind of share those roles for St. Mary's. 
But when he is locked in, I mean, look what he did to Arizona State in that game earlier this year. And Remy Martin, though, I think for ASU, is one of the best point guards out west. And he absolutely destroyed Remy Martin. And Remy Martin makes his name defensively. And Jordan Ford ate him up in the first 10 minutes of that game. And so Jordan Ford has got that ability. And people joke, oh, he's the Steph Curry of the West Coast Conference. He does play that kind of game. But can it translate to the next level for him? We'll see. But they have a great one-two combination with him and Malik Fitz. They're still trying to figure things out in the absence of Toss. And where are those points and rebounds and where those minutes going to come from? And I think it's been a little bit of a struggle for Randy Bennett to find that because it's only been a couple of weeks since the injury to Toss happened when he tore his ACL against Nevada. They've tried to go smaller. They've tried to go bigger. And I think they're still trying to figure out what's the best lineup for St. Mary's in his absence. You think the Gales are the more desperate team under the circumstances? I think so. Just coming off that loss, I think it should motivate them more. Plus, they're at home. But then again, you look at at BYU coming in, and for the Cougars, they get a sense this is a a time for us to get a a signature win. And if we're going to make a push, and and everybody thinks Gonzaga is much better than everybody else in the league, and if Gonzaga is going to run away to the title, well, if BYU is going to put some pressure on them, this is a game you can get. And if you can win this game on the road, I think it puts you right there in terms of the equation for the conference and trying to make a push at Gonzaga because these are the only two teams that people see that can really challenge Gonzaga and can they? We don't know that yet. Um, Gonzaga's right now the number one team in the country. And are they the best team in the country? We'll see. It's much more parity this year in college basketball. But if BYU or St. Mary's is going to make a push toward Gonzaga, this is a game you got to get. Roxy Bernstein joining us. He'll be calling the St. Mary's BYU game in Moraga. Uh, Gonzaga, using Ken Pomeroy, and, and Ken lives in Utah. We've had him, on, had him on the show, so we're biased to KenPom.com. But he's pretty much in line with some of the other key computer uh, analysis across the country of college basketball. He's got Gonzaga 10, St. Mary's 29, BYU 30. Those, that, those numbers put you well inside the NCAA tournament field. Do you think it's a three-bid league? Because it isn't usually. I do. I think the WCC is a three-bid league this year. When you look at the strength, and it's not just, guys, how good the top of the league is, because you need the bottom of your league to be good. And I think this is the most depth and balance we've seen in the West Coast Conference in a while. Because you look at the other teams in the conference, right? Santa Clara has shown you they're a pretty good basketball team. Pepperdine at times has looked good. But then they have some puzzling losses as well. San Diego has shown well. So I, I think even Pacific and, and USF have looked good at times. So I think this is a league that is better from top to bottom, which will only help as far as the RPI goes and the power ranking. And like you guys, I do pay attention to Ken Palm also because, let's face it, he, he breaks it down as well as anybody with the numbers and statistically and analytically as there is in college basketball. And the West Coast Conference is a better league. And, uh, yes, the top teams are, are very good and definitely in the conversation for the NCAA tournament. But you also need the bottom of your league to be better and not stink because you need to get those RPI points. And I think that's going to serve the WCC well this year. So most people think of Dave Pash as the guy running the <laughs> show when Bill Walton's doing the job there. But you do it also. So, A, is Bill working the game, and B, what's it like working with him? I am not with Bill tomorrow night. Corey Williams will be with me in, in Moraga. 
but uh, I'll be with Bill. At, I think at some point soon. I got to check the schedule. But it's certainly a unique experience, to say the least. It's quite different than working with whoever I happen to be partnering with, whether it's Corey tomorrow night, whether it's uh, Sean Farnham, uh, whoever I happen to be paired up with. It's just different. My preparation's different. Uh, the way we present the game is different. But it certainly is, from my standpoint, enjoyable um, because I never know where the, the broadcast is going to go, and Bill doesn't clue us in. Me, the producer, director, nobody has any idea where Bill's going to go. We don't talk before the game, and he wants it that way because he wants the broadcast to be completely spontaneous and organic. And at times, yeah, it can get frustrating a little bit, but it's, it's always fun. And, you know, I go back to the, the game, what, I did in Provo with Bill. We did the uh, Utah-BYU game a, a few years ago, and it was Bill's first trip to, uh, to Provo. And so he did his tour, and he got all the spots to go. I set him up. He had dinner with Tom Homo the night before, and, and Tom then texts me saying, okay, I figured out some of the method to Bill's badness. Uh, but Bill is just so inquisitive and wants to know as much about the place that he's at going into the game. And no matter what you tell Bill before the game, there's always a chance whatever you told him could get out there on the air, and you never know. But it's certainly part of the fun of working with Bill because I, I have shocked four or five times a game with something he's going to say or even do. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, but somebody from the, the, from the Rock the BYU student section walked up to him and just gave him a, a red cup of something to drink. And Bill looked at it and took a sip right on the air with us. And I go, Bill, what are you doing? Well, I was thirsty. And, and you just take a cup from, from somebody that you don't even know? Well, yeah. And only Bill. Only Bill would do that. And I guess maybe only BYU is a place in the country you can get away with that, too. <laughs> Roxy Bernstein joining us. So uh, he's having interviewed him once when he was up at Utah doing a speaking engagement. It seems like for people who think he's just completely nuts, I mean, it's definitely, uh, I don't know, an act makes it sound too fraudulent or something. But he knows what he's doing, even though it seems incredibly random, like there's a plan. And because of that, so when Tom's having dinner with him or when you're having dinner with him, he's not like that all the time, I guess, is what I'm getting to. No, and he knows exactly what he's doing, and he is prepared as any broadcaster, and if you speak to whether it's one of the coaches or the media relations people, Bill leaves no stone unturned. You just don't know what direction he's going to go with the information that he gets. He works extremely hard. It's not just a complete random stream of consciousness, crazy old guy talking. There is a definite genius to Bill. He knows precisely what he's throwing out there. He is trying to incite a reaction in you watching him. He is there for entertainment. He understands. And there is there's a definite genius to what Bill is doing. And if people could just see behind the scenes what he does, they would understand uh, a lot of what Bill is about. And 
he if you'll see him after games for example he'll be there in the state waiting until everybody either there's a, there's always a line people wanted to take a picture wanting an autograph with bill and maybe this comes from coach wooden in his days at UCLA but bill will stay there until every autograph is signed every picture is taken and he is wonderful with the fans and everybody and he's so appreciative of what he's able to do and where he's at right now in his life Roxy, we appreciate a few minutes on uh, Bill Walton, BYU, and St. Mary's. And thanks for joining us. Enjoy the game. You got it, guys. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun in Moraga tomorrow night. Roxy Bernstein, ESPN and the Pac-12 Networks.